Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I tell you what, I wish Biden would start, uh, start, I should say, building bridges and stop building walls. Isn't that how we play this game? Biden, as being reported by Fox News, confirmed by the Army Corps of Engineers. Excuse me, if Obama was reading that, it'd be the Army Corps of Engineers has confirmed to Fox News that a 13.4-mile stretch of wall in the Rio Grande Valley will resume construction, building walls and not bridges. That's what Biden is now apparently doing along the U.S. southern border. It's remarkable, really. By the way, welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts your questions, your feedback, suggestions, just make it count is all I ask. Whether it's a Friday morning or a Tuesday, whenever you email me, Todd at com. Thoughts, excuse me, adoration and praise also accepted at that email address. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, so the Army Corps of Engineers confirms to Fox News. I'm looking here in a post-millennial article, but I've also seen this on Fox News. President Biden will restart construction of President Trump's border wall. Trump Biden is now <laughs> Biden is now fulfilling Trump's promise to build that wall. This is fantastic to me. The Biden administration, I'm reading from the article here, will pick up the equipment and materials they'd left abandoned at the U.S.-Mexico uh, border and at the heat of Republican governors use them to create the barrier Trump supporters so desired. It is so bad. Think about this. The party of amnesty, <clears throat> the party of open borders, the party of the, the the party who has enacted policies that have led to massive numbers, actually record numbers of interactions between Border Patrol and illegal immigrants, um, we're at all-time highs. All-time highs. They have made things so bad. Folks, in less than four months, they let that sink in. Four months. Less than four months. Less than a third of this year. This is what we have seen unfold before our very eyes Complete and unmitigated disaster. And this is, by the way, this is, by the way, what else you are seeing when the radical left gets their fingers on something, when their fingerprints are on it. It is absolutely astonishing. It's not if you know what they're doing and what their ideas are, but it is astonishing to look at how atrocious their track record is. Goes to show you the power of messaging, the power of marketing, the power of branding, the power of a complicit media. Messaging, messaging, messaging. There is no there there when it comes to substantive 
helpful, productive ideas from the radical left. The radical left's ideas are a cancer, and they completely are destructive to our culture, to our country, to our freedoms, to our prosperity. They stand diametrically opposed as the antithesis to common sense, constitutional government. And it has gotten so bad that Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden has said, we got to start building that wall. Now, they don't say this publicly because they don't want that really to be out there. Fox News had to dig around and call up the Army Corps of Engineers, excuse me, the Corps of Engineers. <laughs> Remember when Obama said that, the, what was it, the, I forget it was the Marine Corps or some, something. Anyway, the Army Corps of Engineers said, yeah, we've actually been commissioned to continue this work under a shush order, I'm sure, from the Biden administration. If Trump, <laughs> I mean, when Trump did this, this was inhumane. This was uh, an assault to those trying to seek freedom. This was inexcusable. We should be building bridges and not walls. You know how the game is played. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Army Corps of Engineers confirms confirms that Biden is resuming the construction of Trump's wall. And this comes on the heels after 20 Republican governors sent that letter um, basically telling Biden that they are, well, that he's responsible for the trouble that has been created for housing or dealing with immigrants, illegal immigrants, not just immigrants, illegal immigrants, people coming here without permission and so forth. We've got, we've got problems with our employment, of course. Why do we have that? Well, turns out, again, what the Democrats touch, the radical left touches, it's an absolute unmitigated disaster. So remember we talked about unemployment. I think it was maybe Monday. I, I don't know. It was, it was this week. We talked about unemployment Specifically, we talked about the Democrats' policies that have led to increases in unemployment. Where last month, which is April, the last month that we have reports on, the last full month, obviously, we're still working through May. Who knows what's happening in May? But the Democrats, under Biden, saw unemployment tick up. Unemployment has ticked up under the Democrat leadership despite the fact that people cannot there, – there are so many openings and so many jobs because the things the, – the, the economy has fought through COVID. And now, by the way, I guess you all deserve a round of applause. You may, if you are vaccinated, you may – they have told you you don't have to wear your mask indoors or in public or outside in public. Meanwhile, I saw Bill Maher, who's been fully vaccinated, has now tested positive for coronavirus. So who knows where this is going to go. But in spite of all the stuff happening with COVID, all the lockdowns, all of the, again, utter unmitigated disaster that has been wreaked on the U.S. economy by radical leftist policies and, and ideas. I put that in air quotes, Seinfeld air quotes here, because it's not an idea. It's an emotional response. It is proven to not 
only not stopped the spread of COVID. In fact, what was the, the, I think I even cited a study on here recently where Governor Cuomo was perplexed. Once again, the experts were wrong. The experts told us that locking people down should stop the spread of COVID-19 and more people were getting it at home than they were getting it at other places. According to a scientific report, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, if you're listening, that has been okayed, I believe, um, by your fact checkers. So I should be in the clear on that. But as a result, we're now hearing that the <laughs> it's just an unmitigated disaster. Not only did it not really effectively stop the number of people that got that got COVID, perhaps it slowed it down. I don't, I don't know, but people were still getting it, uh, de Blasio as well. But Cuomo, they're utterly confused as to why this was happening. It's not what the scientists told them would happen. 15 days to slow the spread became 15 months, effectively, of complete lockdowns in some places. So there's fingerprints of destruction all over that as well. Unemployment has ticked up nationwide, and again, primarily, primarily, well, it's because of their policies. That's the thing. In fact, Fox, uh, Fox and Friends, I think, had yesterday a gentleman on who owns restaurants in both Florida and in New York, Florida and in New York. He was being asked about basically trying to find work in both of these places. And Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida said, hey, if you're on unemployment, you're going to have to start proving that you're looking for a job or you're not going to be able to qualify for unemployment benefits. Now, despite what Jen Psaki has told us, despite what Biden has told us, who Biden's out there telling people I shouldn't be answering questions. They don't want me doing <laughs> They don't want me doing this which I love to hear. Now, of course, he might mean it to say, hey, I've got somewhere to go. They, they've got me on a schedule. But it certainly sounds like when he says stuff like this to someone like me, someone like you, that he's saying, hey, they've told me basically not to talk to you guys, but I'm going to answer some questions anyway. I hear, I remember hearing in meetings where they, they don't want me talking to the press without a teleprompter. I think that might have something to do with what I'm saying right now, <laughs> right now sort of thing. But when they when they talk about unemployment, Jen Psaki especially, she she's citing again experts. No, no, she she asked or was responding to a question by um, Steve Ducey's son Peter uh, in a press conference recently, and she said, "Hey, you know that's not what we're finding. It's because of people people don't want to work because vaccine numbers are not what they're supposed to be." Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, we again we have the CDC telling vaccinated people everything's good to go now what's their excuse of course you know you know why if you own a business if you're responsible for hiring someone in a business if you are um if you just have sense you know you know what is the deal here you know that people are looking um they're playing a game. They're playing a game with unemployment because they are getting as much, if not more in some cases, benefit from unemployment than they would if they were actually employed. So here is a gentleman who has businesses in both 
New York and in Florida. His name's Buddy Foy Jr., owner of Chateau by the Lake. He's got places again in both in both states. And he says, surprisingly, like magic fairy dust, Governor DeSantis, listen what happened. In his this is one restaurant, this is anecdotal. But nonetheless, it's still worth noting, and it is obvious. This is so obvious that this is what will happen if we begin to take steps to move from basically no questions asked, extended unemployment, all these other benefits. Listen to this exchange. Ducey's going to talk to uh, the owner of this restaurant. Uh, Governor DeSantis this week said residents receiving unemployment benefits will soon be required once again to show proof they're looking for a job. And so now suddenly people are looking for jobs in Florida, right? Where you're at. It's just like that magic fairy dust, right? Now you have to look for a job. The waiver is being removed for that search requirement for unemployment. And in the last five days, literally every day it's building to more and more. We got zero phone calls in five months for jobs. Right. We've filled our jobs through referrals, Steve, through our current employees. In the last five days, our, our staff is saying, I can't keep answering the phone. We have to serve customers. It's ringing <laughs> off the hook. Now, you know, we, now we get to compete for labor, right. which is pre-pandemic conversation. Sure. But what about your New York location? New York's tough. We're counting on referrals. We're, 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 we will open New York Memorial Day weekend, and we will take reservations based on the supply of labor right. versus our inventory of tables in real estate. So it, it's kind of... It, it, Did you hear that? So he said, since Governor DeSantis a few days ago said we're going to make, make sure that if you're looking for, that if you're on unemployment, you have to prove to us you're trying to find work. They've gone from that situation to where he can't find – he said zero calls in five months in Florida. In the five days since – and it must be five days since Governor DeSantis has moved this into reality, enacted this, restored this requirement, what have you. He says we can't – we're getting so many phone calls that we have to tell, tell the people calling in about work, hey, we've got customers to serve. Meanwhile, contrast that with the People's Republic of New York. People's Republic of New York, he says we still have to rely upon referrals, employee referrals, and basically go begging and pleading to try to find someone who wants to work, um, who's, who understands the value of work, and they're doing. he's doing that. Meanwhile, in, when it comes to reservations – in New York because of labor, because of a labor crisis that's caused, again, by government action. Again, this is an example of the government putting its fingers on the scale and just tipping it so far in one direction. It throws all sorts of things out of whack, including the entire supply chain in this country. All of this caused by, by government. Make no mistake about that. He says in New York, we're only going to be able to take reservations uh, based upon you know whether or not we have people that can work, so someone might say, "Hey, I'd like to come in on a Tuesday evening," and they might might have to say, "Nope, I'm sorry, we can only serve three tables that night because I've only got one server or whatever it is." Right? So this is what happens when the left, the lovers of big government, put their fingers and on on the scale. 
And I got to say, I'm not, some of these things were understandable at the time, but we have created, we have created an absolute unmitigated disaster here that has encouraged some people just simply not to work. And there's no denying this. Timeout is in order. When we get back, this is today's the day uh, of, of this month where we speak with Matt Lamb, assistant editor of the College Fix. So we'll share our conversation about the lunacy happening in the world of education and on college campuses. Um, and then later in the program, we'll uh, we'll get a little bit into the update on the Israeli conflict. But a timeout is in order. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. This is the College Fix interview series brought to you by Apprentice University. Tired of being asked about your future at a young age? Apply today so you can graduate debt-free with real-world experiences and skills that prepare you for your outstanding future. Now joined by Matt Lamb, assistant editor of the College Fix. Matt, how are you this morning, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure. I want to get right to it because there's a lot I want to get to here today as much as possible. So first and foremost, um, you all have uh, – the College Fix has done an article here on something I had not seen, Indiana court throws out lawsuit from gay teachers fired by Catholic high schools. This is uh, what uh, what's the what's the school cathedral, right? Cathedral High School. Um, tell it's us what's going two on. High there. Schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's two high schools. One is I think it's pronounced Rebuff. Rebuff. Yeah. Jesuit High School, mm-hmm. and then Cathedral High School. Um, and so it's it's two men each each taught at one of the high schools, and then they married each other so to speak um and the and then the 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 archdiocese of indianapolis told the high schools that um they had to fire those teachers because there are morality clauses in the standard contracts so in church catholic church canon law um each diocese which is like the district you know certain certain amount of cities and parishes has the right to enforce who can use the term Catholic or not. It's sort of like if you think about like franchises, like mm-hmm. McDonald's, you can't just use the term McDonald's without the permission of sure. you know, McDonald's. It's you shouldn't anyway. Catholic. So, um, but yeah, so these, these teachers were fired. They fought the lawsuit. There's a couple other pending, but basically this one court in Marion County um, tossed the lawsuit because, you know, this, this is the Catholic Church's position um, on, on marriage, and they have a right there's a couple of Supreme Court cases that basically, you know, affirm they have a right to hire and fire whom they want, especially based off the religious beliefs of the, the archdiocese and the Catholic Church. That's right. So it's a First Amendment issue because – and by the way, that's part of the Catholic teaching. That's just not some obscure little footnote somewhere. Right. I mean this is this is a central, you know, kind of critical component, and these, these uh, two individuals – decided to work at places um, that openly, you know, teach that marriage is between a man and a woman. So where, where does this stand now? The, the court has dismissed this. Is that what I'm to understand? Or are there other lawsuits? Yeah, so, or? Right. So at the state, um, the state level, because it's a county court, tossed out the lawsuit. Um, but I believe there are some other lawsuits pending. It's, like I said, it's, it's two teachers who are each suing, um, I think, the schools and the archdiocese. 
So there's some more cases, but there was a Supreme Court case, I think a year or two ago, that basically said religious schools have a right to hire and hire um, their own personnel based on religious freedom laws. It's called the ministerial exception. Um, and, you know, this actually, this makes sense. So I went to Catholic high school, and imagine if you have one theology class where it says, as you point out, that, you know, Catholic Church teaches marriage is between a man and a woman. It's for bringing forth children. And then they go, well, what about teacher so-and-so? He's mm-hmm. married to a man. So it just it's just easier. It just makes more sense, obviously, for the, you know, the school to have one clear cohesion with the Catholic Church on, on the issue of marriage. Yeah, and what's the point of having a position if you aren't, I mean, following following it or, you know, making, uh, saying that this is what we believe and this is how we're going to live here within this uh, the, this Catholic community. Other people can choose to disagree with it, but that's kind of part of the, the process of, of being involved with a, an organization like that. What about this? This intrigues me too, Matt. Um, soccer, soccer coach wants everyone treated with respect except players who oppose Black Lives Matter. This is Virginia Tech, um, a soccer coach, a girls soccer coach, I believe. What's going on there? Sure. So um, there was a student, um, I think her name's Kirsten Henning, um, and she was a soccer player at Virginia Tech, and her coach, who goes by the name Chugger, I don't can only guess where that name came from, <laughs> he, uh, back in 2020, you know, you remember this was the first semester after the, the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests, and, um, you know, there was all the different, you know, the, the ACC had a unity statement, and some players were kneeling for the national anthem and supporting Black Lives Matter. And this player who was really good was getting, you know, playing time said, you know, I, I support, you know, racial justice, but I don't support Black Lives Matter because they, you know, they want to abolish the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. They support a lot of social issues that I don't, I don't agree with as a Christian. And he, you know, according to a lawsuit, you know, of course this will go to court and the evidence we brought out, but allegedly he, berated her. Um, he, he definitely stopped playing her. I mean, that's objectively, you know, verifi- verifiable. He, he stopped playing her. He put another person in her position who had never even like played that position or definitely wasn't as good as her. Um, and so there was actually a lawsuit filed against her basically saying that, you know, by, by extension, he violated her first amendment rights to not promote an ideology because he punished her for, not for not doing this. And again, this doesn't, this has nothing really to do with her ability as a soccer player. It's not like he punished her because she, you know, was playing poorly, wasn't scoring goals, wasn't doing her job. He punished her as a soccer player for not taking an unrelated, you know, political stance. Hmm. So where does this, this is still going through the courts now? Yeah, so it was filed in a federal court. I think it was in early March. Um, I think it was filed in Richmond because uh, it's at Virginia Tech. And so, you know, there'll they'll, they'll certainly be, you know, most likely a hearing in Virginia Tech. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to go to court because it's the lawsuits against the coach. And um, Virginia Tech, who also sued, I should have sent you this story, for an unrelated free speech issue that by another group. So, Hopefully Virginia Tech has good First Amendment attorneys because it sounds like they're going to be spending a lot of time in federal court. Well, it sounds like they've got a lot of woke coaches and uh, professors and so forth. What about this? Univer- this seems 
this is the sort of stuff that I remember being kind of what I want to say mocked or as a, as a parody, set up as parody maybe 20 years ago when I was younger. University stops including race and crime alerts, won't say if it plans to study its effects. This is University of Illinois at Chicago. Uh, tell our audience what's going on here. Sure. So carjackings are increasing in the city of Chicago. Um, but University of Illinois Chicago, which is a public university, so it's the Chicago campus of U of I, more, you know, famous Big Ten mm-hmm. school, um, they said they're not going to provide a suspect's, quote, race, ethnicity, or national origin as a descriptor and public safety advisory. So these would be like the crime alerts that students, faculty, and staff would get saying, you know, there was a reported, uh, you know, a man who was, you know, I don't know, waving a knife around outside campus. Mm-hmm. And so obviously if you're trying to catch a suspect, the more information, height, weight, race, what was he wearing or what was she wearing, is helpful. So they announced this in January. So we reached out and, you know, it's been a couple months, almost a full semester. And we asked them, has there been any effect or do you even plan to study it? And we asked the criminal justice criminology department there. Um, and tellingly, you know, they said, we asked a couple people, one said, Oh, it's interesting, but I'm not going to study it. Um, and, you know, we didn't really get any responses. And what's curious is, as we look through the faculty at this criminology department, very few of them actually have policing or law enforcement background. Mm-hmm. It's mostly women and gender studies, sociology. So it kind of kind of raises question of like who's formulating these policies. And it's an academic research question. Like the university put in place a policy. What is its effect? Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it didn't have any effect. In which case, that would be worth noting. And I think the school would want to tell people. We did this, but it didn't affect our ability to catch criminals. Um, but, you know, they're not going to study it, which it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to anyone. And this this is the consequences of, again, having woke faculty, woke – I mean public – this is public safety, right? This this should be the, – the whole, the whole purpose of public safety is to create – safety at the end and if you don't know if it's doing its job what are you it's just out you're out there meandering and wandering with no no purpose so do they matt do do they identify whether the person is male or female because i I just see race they do yeah so in their police reports and I, i looked at some of their recent police reports and you know you can kind of tell it seems like there's similar incidents happening you know, there was two cases of fondling by someone with the same description within a couple blocks. But if you don't know the race of the person, knowing it's a five foot eight, forty year old doesn't really mm-hmm. doesn't really help. If you know the race, it cuts down the amount of people you need to look out for. Hmm. Well, and they're they're reporting uh, gender for now. I mean, that's that's next on the list, I'm sure, right. on, in the in the woke social justice warriors agenda. My oh my, there's other and stuff. It, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I would say it's, it's quite inter- interesting because if you think about it, it's, you know, if, if, you know, let's say it's a white male committing all these crimes. Well, as much as we hear about stopping white supremacy, they're in theory making it harder to catch these white criminals. Because right? yeah. if you don't report, if you don't report any race, then it's white, black, Hispanic, you know, all these people could be getting away with crime. So it's, if you're worried about white supremacy and, and violent white men, for example, then this policy seems to, to go against those goals, too. 
Absolutely, truly absurd. There's another one. I don't have time to get into it, but um, we can we can share this for our listeners. First Amendment law professor wants to make lying an impeachable offense, which she's from uh, George Washington University. We can post that. But Matt, tell folks where they can uh, read more or learn more about the college fix and, and know have a better understanding of what is you know happening in the world of education on college campuses today where where, where can they go how can they stay connected with you yeah the best place is to go to the collegefix.com and there will be a pop-up and there's a couple different places you can sign up for our emails which is the best way to make sure we can keep reaching you we also are on twitter facebook rumble i think MeWe, gab all those alternative ones so um, also you can always just bookmark the collegefix.com and visit us every day we post stories throughout the day so Always plenty of news to read. Awesome. Well, Matt, as always, I appreciate you uh, being with us and sharing some of this insanity, what's going on, and keep up the good work. Matt Lamb, assistant editor, The College Fix. Matt, uh, thanks a lot, sir. Just as a public service announcement, I want to announce, I want to share this with you, the White House, reminding the nation that permission slips to eat a hot dog on the 4th of July are due by today, Friday. (laughs) This, according to the Babylon Bee, I love the Babylon Bee, says here, by the way, that if you, what is it here, if you fail to turn in your permission slip, to eat your hot dog on the 4th of July today. You will be allowed to apply for a one-week extension after, of course, paying a small fine. Any citizens caught consuming hot dogs on Independence Day without approval will be detained by authorities until the fireworks are over and there's only cold potato salad left, so says the Babylon Bee. I know that this is halfway believable. They just told you, told us yesterday, that... We don't have to wear masks in indoors or outdoors if we've been fully vaccinated. And as I mentioned earlier, ironically, Bill Maher, who's been fully vaccinated, just tested positive for COVID. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you as a public service announcement. Short segment here because of the length of the interview and the length of your long-winded host earlier in the program. But when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on kind of as as an extension of our conversation yesterday about what's going on in in Israel with Hamas, the West Bank, all this sort of Gaza, all this stuff. We'll talk about that when we get back. Sit tight, by the way. Listening to this program could cause you to lean to the right, so be advised. This is your Warning right now that if you're operating heavy machinery, driving a vehicle down the road, just be careful. You might find yourself drifting off to the right, operate machinery and vehicles with caution. Back here in just a minute. So yesterday we spent a – oh, by the way, should tell you here, should tell you here, program brought to you by our friends uh, at Freegee 
and Freegee Auctioneers. FreegeeAuctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, Auctioneers, with an S, dot com. FreegeeAuctioneers.com. They have, here coming in the uh, the days, to, I think it's the 17th here. I was just looking at this a minute ago. The 17th, they have a real estate auction. You know, you may be, houses are selling <laughs> Faster than people can even get them listed, basically. They're going, as you know, over asking price in many situations. Even if you're trying to buy real estate you know, through the traditional means, it becomes a bidding war in some, some circumstances. So maybe, maybe it's time to, to check out um, a real estate auction. And Freegi is hosting one in Brazil. On May the 17th, which is on, what is it, uh, Monday, Monday, May 17th. It's in Brazil. So they're auctioning a property there. You can find out more by going to their website, freegeauctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers.com. So we were talking yesterday a lot about, we spent the, the, the program pretty much talking about this Israel-Hamas situation. Right, we we we've been talking about um, just the, kind of the background, how we how we got there, the the tensions, how deeply this runs, um, just there's so many facets and factors here. Israel's now they've called up nine thousand reservists, and they're looking to pos- you know to to go in basically and uh, fight Hamas. With a ground, with ground forces, that's uh, as Hamas continues to lob rockets into into Israel. Israel's Iron Dome is picking off the majority, or you know, a couple. Sometimes, unfortunately, they, these rockets slip through. Uh, but the the Iron Dome is a remarkable thing, and in, in intercepting these these rockets and so forth. But um, tensions have continued to increase, and and Israel's out there to their credit. And I read Netanyahu's speech yesterday, but Israel's out there basically saying that, you know, until they completely stop, we're not, you know, we're we're going to go after their leaders. We're gonna we're gonna take them out. We're gonna go in and we're going to push them back, take the territory we need. The moment that they that they raise their hands and they surrender, they being Hamas, the terrorist organization. The the moment they do that. We will stop, and that's where we're drawing the new line. That's where the new boundary is. We're not going to play these games with you anymore. We're a sovereign nation. By the way, I've heard this question asked before. I forget. I, I, I don't know who asked it. I would like to give them credit because they're, they're spot on here. They're spot on with this analysis by, uh, by framing or asking this question. And the question was this, and I don't know if it was Hamas specifically, but it was one of these groups, these anti-Israel terrorist groups. And the question was, if one of these anti-Israel terrorist groups had Israel's army, would there even be a nation of Israel? Now, for those of you who are believers in the power of, of God in protecting Israel, I'm, I'm asking you for a moment to just uh, – it's a big thing to do. I'm not saying to – to just for the sake of understanding, but take God out of this equation because God tells us he's going to protect the people, uh, his, his people Israel. But just on the surface, looking at this from purely a human perspective, if the terrorist organizations had the Israeli military, would there be 
outside of God's protection, a nation of Israel? And the answer is no. So you have to ask yourself, then why is there, why is there still a Hamas? Because Israel has been, and Israel's not perfect. That is not what this is about. But Israel has really, I mean, gone out of their way to try to coexist with some of these folks who candidly want them to be wiped off the face of the planet, wiped off the face of the planet. The techniques and the the tactics employed by the radical terrorists in Hamas include using schools and hospitals as their base of operations so that when Israeli airstrikes come in, hitting the targets where rockets are often fired from, which include places like this, and civilians are killed, Israel is blamed for this. Israel is blamed for the death of civilians. Hamas is setting this whole thing up. Hamas is, again, I'm not giving Israel a green light here, but this is this is what happens. And I want, I want to play a quick, well, I don't have time to play it. But there's a soundbite by the former defense minister, Naftali Bennett. He was talking with a journalist from Al Jazeera, I believe, and he told him these deaths are on the hands of Hamas and the journalist said, oh, Israel's the one firing the missiles. And his point was, they are the ones who have chosen to engage in this. They are the ones that have put their resources and energy into building a military to attack the nation of Israel. And they are the ones who are employing these tactics. They are the ones with blood on their hands. And I've got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Friends, this is perhaps the saddest time of the week for you, and I understand that. We're coming to an end of this busy, busy week. Lots of things to discuss, and we are coming to the end of the Friday episode. But fear not, fear not. You can always download our podcast totally free. Just go to wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't listen to podcasts, it really, I mean, I, I know if you're not into technology, it might sound a little bit like, you know, confusing or like it's a big deal. It really isn't. If you have a smartphone, you already have an app on there. You just open up Apple Podcasts and search for the the Todd Huff Show and you hit download and there you go. You can listen to anything you may have missed. That will excuse your absence from this program. But anyway, you can do that. And of course, we'll be back on, on Monday. So guys, I appreciate it so much. Best audience in the world. Have a great weekend. S-D-G-C Monday. Take care. 